0: In 1940, Richmond Golf Club posted rules for how to keep playing golf in the middle of World War II. The most amazing to me was, if while you are conducting a golf swing, there is a simultaneous bomb explosion, you may replace your ball and take another shot. (laughs) Penalty, one stroke.
1: Welcome to the God-centered life with Josh Moody. The heavenly places—that's the name of our series. By grace, you have been saved. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10. Our focus today, Josh Moody, a senior pastor of College Church located in Wheaton, Illinois. I'm Todd Busteed. Uh, Josh, I'm sorry, but continuing to play golf despite
0: bombs going off
1: seems a bit uh, British to me. Yeah, well, certainly that
0: generation. I, I'm not sure we're all quite so brave as they were, but it's pretty amazing.
1: Oh, you know, it really is. Feels like we're going to be looking at reasons <laughs> that we can be fearless yeah. or why we can keep going when there are our version of bombs going off around us,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. What? What does in, in practice our own lives spiritually? How do we have a, a, a similar sort of perspective in, in, on biblical grounds? And that's that's what we're going to be going for uh, this time.
1: All right. Fantastic. Second chapter of the book of Ephesians. He's British, but he knows enough to come in out of the bombs.
0: <laughs> Here's Josh. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two and beginning at verse one. I'll read to verse ten. Let's hear God's word. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we also all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In 2018, there were a series of devastating mudslides in Southern California. One particularly extreme case took place in a small town there in Southern California where a large gas receptacle exploded and the bridge next to it was destroyed and a fire began to break out and the fire enveloped the apartment building right next to the bridge and where the gas explosion had been. A woman was stuck on the uh, second floor of that apartment building and leapt out of uh, the building to try and escape the flames. But as she leapt and when she fell on the ground she broke her feet and couldn't move and was in danger of being killed by the flames. A firefighter Named Marve Juarez, rushed into the fire. She uh, dragged the woman out of the flames for over a thousand yards. That evening, Marve Juarez is credited with saving over a hundred lives. I wonder how that woman feels about that firefighter. I wonder what difference it makes to her life to know that she has been rescued. The Apostle Paul is writing uh, this letter to the Ephesians with the aim of encouraging this network of churches planted in Ephesus through his ministry at the Hall of Tyrannus, went through the province of uh, Asia, a network of churches, and he wants to encourage them With uh, the heavenly power of God. He wants to show them how God's purpose in Christ and the heavenly places, the unseen spiritual realm, encourages the church with spiritual power to walk in the light. And to speak the truth in love as one body, as one church. He's aiming to encourage them. As we saw, he's praying that the eyes of their hearts would be would be open to see all this, this truth of which he's teaching. And now we come to the main body of the letter, where he begins to unfold that truth. And what he's what he's saying to them here is that it is by grace that you've been saved. That is, you've been rescued. And I want to encourage you in that regard, he's saying, so that your walk, uh, the passage begins with one kind of walking and ends with another kind of walking, so that your walking, that is your life, would be transformed by that realization that you've been rescued. And he tells the story of rescue. He tells them that you were dead, but God, by grace. First you were, were dead, then but God, and then. Uh, third by grace first you were dead verses 1 to 3 he says this you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked that's that walk we shouldn't be surprised the apostle Paul uses this language of being dead though living because it's very much the same language that Jesus uses in his parable of the prodigal son where he says that uh, when the son was rescued he Uh, The Father says to him, This Son of Man was, mine was dead, but is now alive. You were dead, says the Apostle Paul, reflecting Jesus' teaching. How could it be that outside of Christ we're dead? Well, says the Apostle Paul, it's all to do with what we want. We are following, he says, the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and following what it is that we want, our passions of body and of mind. We're living according to the fashion, the influence of the world around us. We're bound by that. Our opinion is the opinion of what everyone else thinks. That's what we are like naturally. Whatever is most popular, that is what we will agree with. We're following the course of this world. There is a world system in rebellion against God, says the Apostle Paul, and we were once dead because we were in that world system. But not only that, we're following the power of the prince of the spirit of the air. Of course, the Apostle Paul is talking of the devil. It's so unfashionable to mention the devil, but there's no doubt that, as C.S. Lewis once put it, there are two equal and opposite dangers with regard to the devil. One is to ignore him altogether, and the other is to become fascinated by him. There is a real spiritual enemy. And those who are outside of Christ are dead not only because they're following what is most popular, what people generally believe, but also because they're under the power of the evil one. And the fine he says, uh, we are once dead because we're doing what it is that we want. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, that is what our body wants what our senses want we, we see something we get it we want more money we get it the sensual physical passions what we want but also what our mind wants we think what we want we do what we want and the Paul says all that means that we are by nature children of wrath just like everyone else all of us were dead it's not exactly the most fashionable or popular thing to teach.
1: Two of the most powerful words in Scripture up next. First, though, we're glad you're joining us for this study. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we find ourselves today. If you're just finding us, welcome. Past installments in this study are available by going to our website, which is godcenteredlife.org. Other studies available there as well. We hope you take advantage of that resource. But right now, back into the second chapter of Ephesians. Here's Josh.
0: I've always liked uh, what Henry Ford said when he was asked why he never did any customer surveys. He said, Oh, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said, faster horses. <laughs> we need to know that we're in a fire, that the house is burning down, and that we need rescuing. We were once dead, says the Apostle Paul. But then but God verses 4-7 to seven. and when the Apostle Paul talks about God he emphasizes his love God being rich in mercy the word mercy there is probably um, translating the Old Testament chesed the Hebrew word chesed which is God's covenant love his covenant faithfulness he's rich in love that's who God is yes he's, he's angry at sinners but he also loves them both are true Not one or other, both are true. He's rich in mercy at those that he is angry with. He loves us because of the great love with which he loves us. Though actually the Apostle Paul does not say with which he loves us, but with which he loved us. He's thinking of one particular action. That is the action of Jesus' death on the cross. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive, and then he has three with statements, brilliantly expressed in the Greek. Together with Christ, he has made us alive, and he has raised us with Christ, and seated us With Christ in the heavenly places. That is, with Christ, we are now spiritually alive. And he says we're also raised and seated in the heavenly places. How can those latter two be true? Surely we haven't yet been raised and we're not yet in heaven. The Apostle Paul says... If we are in Christ, we have spiritually been made alive. We have a new taste, a new desire. We now want to please God. And because we've been spiritually made alive, positionally, we are raised. Positionally, we are seated. Our victory... Is absolutely certain and guaranteed because we've been made live with Christ, therefore, positionally, we're as good as raised and as good as seated, ruling with Jesus for all eternity, if we're a Christian. My uh, grandparents uh, both fought in World War Two, and. Uh, because of that, I've long been fascinated by stories out of World War II. I was much amused to discover recently that a, a particular borough of London, which is where I'm from, called Richmond, it has a, uh, a golf club. And in 1940, Richmond Golf Club posted some uh, rules for how to keep playing golf in the middle of World War II. They had things like uh, this. If you discover shrapnel on the ground, please clear it up. Otherwise, it will mess up our mowers when we're trying to mow the grass. And they had this list of seven or nine rules. The most amazing to me was, if while you are conducting a golf swing, there is a simultaneous bomb explosion, you may replace your ball and take another shot. (laughs) Penalty, one stroke. (laughs) What bravery. How different would your life be if you knew for sure you were going to win? Guaranteed. If you're a Christian, you are made alive with Christ. You are raised with him. And you are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Guaranteed, for sure, definite. Such is his love for us. Oh, be encouraged, Christian. He has won the victory. And in him, you have that victory. You're seated with him. Oh, we were once dead, but God made us alive. And then uh, third it is by grace, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you've been saved, uh, this is his emphasis, he repeats it twice in this passage, uh, through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He is saying uh, that we were once dead, God made us alive, and it is by grace. And he explains that by telling us what it does mean and what it does not mean. What it does mean is we're saved by grace through faith. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Faith is confused many, many people down through the years. Do I have enough faith? What does it mean to have faith? Faith is very simply trust. That's all it is. You're sitting on a chair. There you are in the pew. You sat down. You had trust that the pew or the chair would support your weight. That's all faith is. Trust. The chair supports you. You trust God and he saves you. For by grace, through faith. That's what it is. What it is not, it is not by works, but it is for works. I want to encourage you, says the Apostle Paul, to walk differently because of this truth that you've been rescued. It is not by works, but it is transformative of our lives. It is for works. The old Puritans used to say that we are saved by faith alone, but not by the faith that remains alone. We're saved, as the Apostle Paul puts it here, not by works, but for works, for good works. What uh, uh, the Apostle Paul was saying here is that we are God's workmanship. The word there for workmanship is the word from which in English we get poem. What Paul is saying is that we are God's, if we're Christians, we are God's craftsmanship. We are the pinnacle of his creative, new creation endeavor. We are his expression of divine genius. Uh, Walter Isaacson is a famous biographer. He's written biographies of uh, Steve Jobs and... Uh, Leonardo da Vinci and Benjamin Franklin and uh, Walter Isaacson as he's written these biographies of these historic geniuses has reflected on what makes someone a genius and according to him he thinks it's the combination of the arts and the sciences. He quotes from Steve Jobs at one point who says that what made Leonardo da Vinci such a genius is that he saw the beauty in both engineering and the arts. So whether that's true or not I'm not sure but the expression of God's genius is you, Christian. You are his workmanship. He's designed you to be a brilliant expression of his kindness, of his love, of his grace for all eternity. And therefore, of course, walk in that, mothers, fathers, Children, engineers, artists, preachers, violinists, organists, teachers, scientists. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to be a brilliant expression of divine genius for all eternity. Walk in it. Make the most of it. I want to encourage you, says the Apostle Paul, that you are rescued now for a purpose. And as a rescued person, live in that way, live in that light, walk in that light. Speak the truth in love as one body, as the church. There's an Australian uh, called James Harrison who when he was 14 years old had to have a series of blood transfusions to save his life. And having been through all those blood transfusions, he decided to, to give back, to, to pay it forward. And he uh, began to donate his own blood. Scientists discovered that uh, James Harrison, the Australian James Harrison, had an unusual antibody in his blood. It's called the anti-D body. And uh, what they discovered was by using this unusual part of his uh, blood, they could develop a uh, treatment for a, a, a rare disease for pregnant mothers, whereby rhesus disease, whereby the red blood cells of the baby can be killed and the baby dies. Year after year, month after month, week after week, James Harrison donated his blood. He donated blood over 1,000 times every, uh, every couple of weeks for 50 or 60 years. The, the Australian Red Cross estimates that because of his donations of his blood, he has saved over 6 million children. He knew he was a rescued person, it transformed his life. Oh, Christian. Walk in what God has for you. Be encouraged. It is by grace that you've been saved. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus as a display of his kindness for all eternity. Let's pray together. Our Lord God, we thank you for the truth of what the Apostle Paul is teaching us here. We pray that indeed we would walk in uh, all that you have prepared for us to do. We pray, Lord, for those here who don't yet know you. We pray, Lord, that uh, you, by a supernatural work of your own power, would make them alive. Lord, our problem if we don't know you is not insufficient education or insufficient information or Our problem is that we're dead and we need to be made alive. So we pray, Lord God, that you would do that by your spirit. You would make the dead live. And for those of us, Lord, who do know you, help us to see as the Apostle Paul prayed that we have been made alive with Christ, we've been raised with him and we are seated with him. And therefore, yes, in all our brokenness and failures that we still have in this Christian life, without any doubt, nonetheless, we are his workmanship. Help us then to walk in what it is that you have for us, we pray in Jesus' glory and in his name. Amen.
1: That's Josh Moody, and this is The God-Centered Life. Now, I'm going to revisit a theme from past studies in other Pauline books, Josh. Mm -hmm. We are saved by faith alone, but not by faith that remains alone. And we kind of tapped into that today as well. Mm -hmm. And in the context of today's study, can we say that there's an encouragement to work on behalf of the kingdom out of sheer joy? Over what's been given to us
0: absolutely I think it's a strange irony of the spiritual life that when someone becomes truly convinced that, that Jesus saved them and it's all his work you would think that that would lead to someone being somewhat lazy and not doing much but the reverse is the true it's, this is the case once you realize that it transforms you and you think well, what, what can I do for him I've got to do so, I've got to serve him and you're free and you're energetic and it, it's transformative at a practical level hmm.
1: Good. Thank you for that. Uh, Reminder, uh, our offer this month, a book by Dr. Julie Slattery called uh, Rethinking Sexuality, God's Design and Why It Matters. And if you happen to be in the Chicago area, College Church is hosting Julie in just a couple days for a one-day women's conference. You can learn more about that by going to college-church.com. And if you're outside of Chicago and can't make the conference, but can swing by our website and share a gift with us of any amount, we'd be happy to send Julie's book your way. It's called Rethinking Sexuality, God's Design and Why It Matters. GodCenteredLife.org, a gift of any amount. We will send it your way. GodCenteredLife.org. Next time we get together, we're exploring a top-down problem.
0: So, says the Apostle Paul, you want to understand what is truly going on in our world today, I'll tell you. The reason why we experience so much social division is because we are alienated from God. That is the real issue.
1: Continuing our look at the book of Ephesians when we get together next time there's a devotional you can sign up for at GodCenteredLife.org and we'd love to have you join us Around God's Word right here for the next edition of The God-Centered Life with Josh Moody.